Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Hi, this is George Batista, and you're listening to Wellness Talk. Thanks for joining me this week. This is the show that goes over the latest information on the health and healing, nutrition, fitness, and everything natural. And uh, these are practical tips. I give you practical tips every week that you can hopefully use in your everyday life to uh, hopefully lead a healthier life. Uh, as always, these uh, information on this podcast is for informational purposes only not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure an illness. So always speak with your healthcare professional when wanting to make major life changes. Uh, you can go to georgebatista.com to read the articles that I put on, which I usually put on a day or two after the podcast. And if you want to ask me any questions, uh, feel free to go on there and send me an email, uh, send me your comments, and I always look forward to that. And you can always uh, just, you know, uh, also if you want to do some consulting with me, you can do that as well on the website. Also, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, just so you know, uh, you can do that through the website. There is a feed there that you can do. Uh, subscribe to, or you can subscribe to the newsletter, which I send out every week, letting everyone know that the podcast is coming out and what it's all about, so uh, you can subscribe there as well. All right, the first article we're going to do for this week uh, is called The Power of Probiotics, and this is from wellnesstimes.com. This is from Elizabeth, Elizabeth Marglin. Now, probiotics are becoming more and more popular as time goes on and I actually have some statistics here regarding them uh, and I'll read that to you just so you kind of get an idea uh, it says global sales of probiotic supplements are expected to almost double from 2011 to 2016 from 2000 uh, I'm sorry from 2.7 billion in 2011 to 4 billion in 2016 that's a huge jump. So a lot of people are taking probiotics, and uh, you know you have to ask yourself why. Well, 
there's a number of reasons why people are taking probiotics. So you have to understand um, a lot of times it's it's due, especially you know because we have an obesity epidemic these days, um, and a lot of that stems from poor diet. It stems from you know high stress and a lot of things like that. Usually, generally, the things that can mess up and imbalance in your intestinal tract are usually poor diet, usually too much stress, and also antibiotics or the overuse of antibiotics as well. So you kind of have to go back a second and take a look at digestion in general and uh, how things work. Now you have to understand that your digestive tract uh, basically has a ton of foreign cells in it. It actually has as many foreign cells in your body as it does in your digestive tract as much as it does in your whole entire body. So your digestive tract is usually the first line of defense you know when you're ingesting things. You're eating, drinking, and so on and so forth. So obviously that can be the first thing to go down uh, when there's a problem, when an imbalance. So you know, one of the ways that a healthy gut is maintained is kind of through a peaceful coexistence between the various types of bacteria that live in your gut in general. So, but when you start to have imbalances and, and start to have problems, then you start to develop kind of what you can call like a germ gang type of thing where they kind of start to get out of control, which can lead to a whole bunch of problems. And that's when you can start leading to, you know, gas and bloating and all these different type of things and then if that's not taken care of it can go into a whole bunch of other things including irritable bowel syndrome, obesity, diabetes, colon cancer, you name it. It can you know and a lot of illnesses these days uh, can be traced back to an imbalance in the digestive system with candida albicans and things like that. So you know, if you're struggling with that type of issue, you really want to get that in check. And one of the, you know, the best way, one of the best ways to do it is probiotics. Now, one of the problems we're having is, is an overuse of antibiotics by doctors. Um, and doctors tend to, uh, especially giving a lot of children antibiotics, and children, you know, are getting uh, different types of infections and things like that getting older take antibiotics on a regular basis and then later on develop digestive problems but sometimes people don't associate that to the di uh, to the uh, to the antibiotics that they're taking so that's one thing you have to take a look at uh, when you have those types of issues now uh, what they're seeing here is uh, <clears throat> they did a review and uh, they found that probiotics can help three major areas of digestion, uh, you know, of intestinal distress. And the first area is diarrhea. Now, we do know that uh, you can have antibiotic-induced diarrhea. And this is from May 2012 issue of the Journal of the American Medical Association. It showed that probiotics reduce the risk of, di of diarrhea caused by antibiotics um, and generally what they used was the most commonly form the most common form of antibiotic which is known as lactobacillus which is usually found in yogurt and cheese now this particular strain was found to reduce the rate of antibiotic associated diarrhea by 42 percent so that's almost half 
So that's significant. Now, another study, which was actually September, September 2008 in the American Journal of Gastroenterology, found that a probiotic supplement containing multiple strains, so now you're talking about a whole bunch of different strains of probiotics, was administered for 28 days, and it reduced the symptoms of, di of, of diarrhea in irritable bowel syndrome patients. Okay, so they did it in comparison to a placebo group, and they found that it reduced it, it reduced uh, diarrhea in them as well. So that's significant. Uh, the second thing that probiotic can help is respiratory illness. And what they found here is this, a global, uh, a growing body of research shows that intestinal bacteria play an essential role in immune defenses. Now you got to remember that your intestine, uh, uh, more than half of your immune system in general, and the way it communicates and all that, is found in your intestine. Again, being your first line of defense here. So um, that's why it's very important to keep your uh, intestine in check, okay? Because intest uh, uh, they're, they're finding here, and this is from the European Journal of Nutrition, that it can reduce that intestinal, you know, probiotics helping the intestine can reduce the severity and the duration of common cold and flu symptoms. Very interesting. And the third... Um, thing that it can also help is with allergy prevention. And what they did was that they exposed pregnant mothers and infants to probiotics. And it and basically what they found is that it can help stimulate immune system growth and perhaps prevent allergies in children. This is from a March 2008 issue of Pediatric Allergy and Immunology. It sh and it showed that it basically reduced uh, inflammation and uh, and the uh, information associated with uh, allergic reactions. So that that's pretty significant as well. So it's three key areas that probiotics help. Um, another thing that you have to look at is also things like gluten intolerance. Gluten intolerance can also is also affected. Uh, it, it it can stem and usually does stem from an imbalance or uh, candida albicans in your in your intestines and things like that. So um, is a, there's a there's a, uh, a compound called transglutaminase that ends up developing in your digestive tract, and when you consume gluten and it passes through the transglutaminase, it can cause um, gas and bloating and all different types of problems. So best ways to get probiotics, one of the ways is yogurt. Yogurt's very good. Um, depending on which yogurt you get, you also have to remember that your the most popular yogurts out there tend to be lower in probiotics because there's a lot of things that go into them and sugar and artificial flavors and, and different things so those are not the best forms I would say the best forms are the Greek yogurt which tends to be really good there is grass-fed yogurt out there as well that's something to take a look at and um, of course dietary supplements, again, like the Bacillus plantarum and all the different types of forms of, of uh, probiotics from uh, supplementation. So, you know, you kind of have to experiment with the dosage to see which best helps your situation if you're dealing with that. But um, <clears throat> probiotics really, really do help, and um, you want to keep that in check. That's, that's probably one of the first things you want to do if you're dealing with any kind of intestinal issues because uh, a lot of times that can clear up other things okay
Next article from Life Extension. This is higher vitamin D intake associated with lower risk of metabolic syndrome. And I'm going to cite this article and I'm going to kind of tie it into the next article that I'm doing and you'll kind of see why. Um, this is from, this was actually published May 30th, 2012, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. And this was researchers done, this was from the University of Minnesota. And what they did was they did a study about, it was, it was uh, altogether collectively 4,727 African American and Caucasian uh, people who were between the ages of 18 and 30. And this was a 20 year follow up period with them. And what they did was they evaluated their intake of vitamin D, um, not only through supplement form, through their intake through food as well and drink, okay, the beverages and, and food sources as well as supplementation. And they wanted to see the effect uh, on people who developed metabolic syndrome. So this is what they found. Nearly 19% of the subjects, uh, first of all, had developed metabolic syndrome. So 90% of these subjects in general had developed metabolic syndrome 20 years later. And generally, it was most of the following, which was high blood pressure, uh, increased ab abdominal girth, uh, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, uh, high fasting glucose levels. And that usually encompasses a um, metabolic syndrome diagnosis. Now, for the participants whose vitamin D intake was among the top fifth, which is pretty interesting, um, they had a, they basically had an 80% lower risk of uh, developing metabolic syndrome than the ones who were in the lower fifth. Okay, so when they and they also tested their blood and everything, and they found that you know those with the highest vitamin D intake was found with lower risk of metabolic syndrome. So very significant, vitamin D very very important in the prevention of just uh, and. Uh, again, another another thing that vitamin D does, okay, and how vitamin D is very, very important. And the reason I say this is kind of to go together with something that came out this week, this past week, and it was out in mainstream media. And one of the articles that I'm citing from is New York Times, but it came out also in USA Today and a bunch of different uh, things. And a couple of the, t I'm going to cite a couple of the titles here. This is also from Wellness Resources from Byron Richards, who goes into it, as well as naturalnews.com. And basically it says uh, a couple of things there. Number one is calcium supplements may raise the heart attack risk in people. And another one was healthy women advised not to take calcium and vitamin D to prevent fractures. So this is interesting. Because you have to consider the source of this, okay? Now, obviously, this is coming from uh, sources who are, you know, you pretty much want to eliminate dietary supplements, pretty much uh, flat out. One of the studies here was cited from a German research uh, institute. Now, Germany, for those of you who don't know, was one of the leaders in the uh, that was behind the Codex movement. Uh, the codex laws that were enacted in Europe to basically get rid of most of the dietary supplements in there, and that that is that is actually uh, to this day that is actually right now a law. And 
um, they're also trying they're also trying to enact something like that in the United States as well okay and the FDA is a big part of that so you have to understand where this is coming from that's one of the research uh, one of the research uh, panels was from Germany so you know that a lot of the people who were taking these vi these uh, calcium supplements here were uh, not treated to the best forms of calcium pretty much okay so that's one of the things to consider another thing uh, that came out was this was from the US Preventative Service Task Force okay and what they concluded was that there was lack of evidence to support the use of calcium and vitamin D supplements to prevent fractures in postmenopausal women okay so basically what they're saying is that they they they're now telling women post uh, postmenopausal women to not take vitamin D and not take calcium okay this is it's unbelievable and and they're talking about low doses now the low dose vitamin D here uh, was generally considered 400 international units now 400 international units is general is a general guideline okay um, which is abysmal really and about a thousand milligrams of calcium so they're saying don't even take that don't even take that because in their evidence it shows that it does nothing. Now I'm quoting here by one of by one of the doctors, which was Dr. Bibbins Domingo, who was one of the researchers here, and she and she says, uh, I quote: "For most people," she said, "there is no need for these supplements, and good reason for many not to take them." How irresponsible is this? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that 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 this can even actually come out that this actually comes out in and 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 uh you know in mainstream media but again you have to consider the source now obviously that task force is not in line with other gov government proclamations because listen to this in 2010 the institute of medicine recommended daily intake for adults of 600 to 800 international units of vitamin D and a thousand to 1300 milligrams of calcium okay so that's the Institute uh, the Institute of Medicine and the FDA okay the good old FDA which is one of the biggest organization uh, one of the biggest vitamin supplement hating organizations on the planet has approved a health claim for vitamin D and calcium for the prevention of osteoporosis. So they actually said themselves that vitamin D uh, and calcium can help with osteoporosis. But yet, this task force appointed by the government is saying, no, don't take calcium and vitamin D. Now, we all know, and there's thousands and thousands of, of of uh, studies that have come out on vitamin D and how it can help with uh, tons of diseases. We know that that the majority of people out there are vitamin D deficient, especially in the winter time. So consider that there are, you know, as far as the body goes, there are receptor sites of, for vitamin D in virtually every organ in your body: the brain, the kidneys, the liver, intestines, the heart, and so on and so forth. So they all need vitamin D to function properly. You know, vitamin D synthesis is one of the most important things that happens in your body. It's synthesized by the liver, and it also also responds to sunlight. And 
It's responsible for your hormones. It's responsible for how your hormones working correctly. It's responsible for cholesterol. It's responsible for a ton of things in your body. And to tell people not to take vitamin D so they'll be vitamin D deficient is, is to me, is absolutely irresponsible. But if you are trying to get rid of dietary supplements so more people can be on pharmaceutical drugs and more people can be can have uh, can have a host of illnesses due to vitamin D deficiency then yeah you're gonna come out with studies like this tilting it in your favor um, it, this is just unbelievable in my opinion and uh, you know it's just another attack from big pharma and the organizations who are trying to get rid of dietary supplements in general to try to put us back into the Stone Age. Um, so these articles will be on the site, so you can read them for yourselves and draw your own conclusions on it. You have to also remember that, yes, there is a quality issue with calcium, because you can get a bad quality calcium out there uh, that's basically like gym chalk, <laughs> and it really doesn't absorb well in your body. Um, now, uh, now, from what I understand here, that they were using calcium carbonate in one of these studies, which is not the most absorbable form of calcium. So, you got to consider that as well. Um, but again, read this when you when you guys have a chance on the website, because I think you'll find it very, very interesting. And um, you know, if you if you really do want to continue to have access to dietary supplements, especially high quality ones, and there are a lot of high quality ones on my website that I always say, you know, check those out because I would never, I personally would never um, recommend something that I have not personally taken and that I have done the research on and that I know is very high quality. So, um, if, but again, if you guys really want to keep the access to your dietary supplements, then please make sure you get behind the alternative health field, the dietary, dietary supplement companies that are doing good work out there. Get behind them. Write your local congressman and, and tell them that you want to continue to have access. I mean, this is, this is almost a free speech issue. We should definitely have access, be able to have access to them, and we don't want to throw ourselves into a situation kind of like what Europe is going through um, where people you know, can't get access to good quality supplements anymore. It's it's really a shame that this has got to happen because uh, you know there's a lot of special interests out there. Just watch TV every day, watch TV and see all the commercials for pharmaceuticals and 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 things like that. And you you know who's behind a lot of these things. Um, so you know just uh, just make sure that you that you keep on top of these issues because they're very important. Okay, next. From wellnessresources.com, again, Byron Richards, cinnamon improves regulation of blood sugar. Now, we all, you know, I love cinnamon. I put cinnamon on a lot of things. Cinnamon can be great in oatmeal, a lot of other types of things. Uh, but cinnamon is very good for regulating blood sugar. More and more studies are coming out on this. And this is just another one. An analysis of six high-quality human studies on cinnamon consumption and blood sugar confirmed that the intake of cinnamon has a beneficial effect on fasting blood sugar and hemoglobin A1C. So it's very significant. Again, another another uh, really good uh, study regarding cinnamon 
And cinnamon in general has been studied because it helps enhance the flow of sugar in metabolism. It works to help improve glucose transport, uh, you know, by helping insulin signaling in general, okay, with adiponectin, help to keep the blood sugar in check. So, you know, it's, 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 it's something to consider when you want to look at your overall um, your overall checklist as far as insulin regulation. So um, cinnamon is one of the best things. Other things you can use is chromium. Chromium is very good f- for for helping with blood sugar as well. But um, remember, at the end of the day, you can use those things. But you you know, especially if you're having blood sugar problems or getting into diabetes or pre-diabetes, you want to combine that with a good diet, good lifestyle, good exercise, and give yourself the best uh, chance for your metabolism to, to you know, get back to normal. Um, but cinnamon can really help out in this regard. And, um, you know, I always suggest getting a good, uh, getting cinnamon in your diet as much as you can. Or you can also take it as a supplement. All right. And finally, in our health and wellness section, I like to do something a little bit, just kind of give you some tips. This is 10 healthy spine tips for travelers. Now, on a, in a previous podcast, I did um, I did a section on taking care of your back. Those of you who know me and know my story know that I had um, some pretty severe back injuries due to sports injuries and things like that, which I've had to manage, and I've actually done pretty well with it now. Or, but you know, people who have back problems in general know. Um, how how it can affect you, and I went through this many years ago. Um, how it can f- in a f- it can affect your everyday life, and it, in, and it could be doing anything. It could be everyday function, from lifting things up to carrying things to putting, you know, groceries away to bending over to, you know, just sitting in a chair for long periods of time. All these things can affect you know can affect your back. And if you have back problems and you're living with constant pain, um, then you know how hard it is. Uh, to go through it. Now, something that's very interesting as far as statistically, more than 26 million Americans between the age of 20 and 64 experience frequent back pain. Unfortunately, um, some of the best opportunities to hurt your back and neck actually happen on vacation. (laughs) So we know now it's summertime, a lot of people are going on vacation, uh, flying or driving, and just wanted to give out some tips as far as keeping yourself healthy and your back healthy when you're on vacation, when you're going on long trips, because it can be very hard on your spine, especially if you have spine problems. So I'm going to go through these tips. So you you know um, read them and and take from them what you can. Hopefully it helps you out a little bit. Um, the first tip and these and these the first couple of tips here for if you're going for a long drive. Okay, um, the first tip here is to sit right. So if you're in a car, make sure that you're, you're, sitting, you're sitting right and you're, you're, constantly, you know, you're adjusting your seat a little bit and adjusting your back in general to try to prevent soreness and stiffness because that can happen on a long drive. Um, so try to adjust your seat accordingly when you're doing that. And, um, you know, uh, you know, tr- uh, move your, you know, try to adjust it to the point where you're comfortable. You know, if you're not driving, um, let's say if you're in the back seat of the car, uh, one of the things you can do is to um, 
is to uh, tilt your seat or to, or to put something on the floor to have your, your knees elevated slightly higher than your hips. That can help with uh, back issues, especially if you're on a long drive. Um, now, if you're driving, uh, one of the things you want to do is uh, look in the mirror. <laughs> and we're talking about your rearview mirror. Now, one of the things you're going to do is when you're driving, you want to sit upright. You don't want to slouch. So the best thing to do is first thing in the morning, if you're in the car, adjust your rearview mirror and adjust it in the morning. Now, why would you do that? Because when, you're, when you wake up in the morning, you're actually at your tallest. The reason why you're at your tallest is because your spine is, your, is fully hydrated in the morning, okay? So, uh, and so you know, that's the best time to adjust the mirror because that's when you're at your tallest, you're, you know, you're, and, and it keeps you from slouching. Now, here's, here's the tip. When you're getting back in your car, okay, don't adjust the mirror again. Leave your mirror the way it is. And what you want to do is you want to adjust your posture to meet the mirror not the other way around. So don't adjust your mirror to meet your posture, adjust the posture to meet your mirror and then get yourself in the habit of doing that because what's going to happen is that's going to help your posture, help keep you upright when you're driving and put less pressure on your back, your lumbar spine, those types of things. So that's that's another tip. Third tip is to grab, you know, the, the way you're grabbing your the wheel basically. Um, Keep, you know, drive with your hands at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock position, but make sure you drop your elbows in a way where your elbows can relax. Keep your, keep yourselves relaxed and, um, um, when you're driving because you want to be relaxed. Now, a lot of people obviously don't drive relaxed, but, you, but you're getting into another whole situation regarding road rage and all that type of thing. A lot of people drive tense. Um, if you don't, if you're going on a long drive, you don't want to drive tense. So keep your shoulders, arms down, and also use your your um, use your armrest a lot. If you can use your armrest, keep yourself nice and comfortable. That's a, that's another way to do it. Stretch your neck um, when you're at a rest stop, or let's say you're at a light. One of the best things to do. You know, again, you're on a long drive. Stretch your neck. Move it to one side. Move it to the other side. Um, another thing to do is to have your ear touch your shoulder in one side, and then your ear touch your shoulder in another side. And just generally, um, and you know, you don't want to do it. You don't want to overdo it because then you can hurt yourself. But do it gently, where you can keep yourself loose. And what that's going to do is that's going to reduce the stress that builds up during a long commute. It's going to reduce the stress, the lymphatic stress that goes up to you know, your back and either sides so of your shoulders and your neck, going up to your head. I'm going to keep you loose and limber there because you don't want build up there and you don't want tightness there because, uh, you know, it can cause problems. So, um, good stretches, keeping yourself loose. Uh, the next one is to start out slowly. And this is interesting. Um, when you're back, when you're, when you're not moving for a long period of time, let's say around 20 minutes or so, um, fluid can tend to creep up into the discs, making them more vulnerable to injury. So one of the things to do is when you're getting out of the car after a long drive, get out slowly. Don't jump out of the car right away. Um, a lot of people have a tendency to do that. Let's say they they get to their destination, they see their grandkids, or they see you know their loved ones, and they want to jump out of the car and go grab and hug them. But you know, again, you know, it's, uh, doing that after a long drive, you know, it 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 can make you more prone to injury. So. 
you know, get out a little slower. Maybe give yourself time to stretch a little bit. When you do get out of the car, do some stretches. Maybe hands over the head. Um, stretch to one side. Stretch to the other side. Maybe do some twists just to get the fluid moving. Get your, you know, warm your body up a little bit. Um, but always be gentle. Even when you're picking things up, you're picking up the bags to bring them in, picking the bags around. Be gentle on your back. Do it gently. Be mindful when you're picking up uh, these bags and stuff like that. So uh, you just don't want to yank, you know, when you're picking things up. Next one is lighten the load. Now this is more for when you're traveling in the plane. Okay, so let's say you're 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 going someplace far. You're going to take a long plane ride. Um, obviously, you know you're packing. You're trying to stuff everything in a suitcase, but try to pack as light as possible if you can. Um, and obviously, you know take advantage of the curbside check-ins if you can. But really, um, you know try not to pack it to the point where it's really going to be a strain to even you know walk with it a lot you know a, a lot of people use the wheel the the uh, bags that uh, wheel which is you know they have wheels which is good and that leads me to you know to my next point you want to balance your load uh, one of the things you can do is if you're if you're uh, walking with a suitcase or some kind of bag that you're carrying with you, especially on your shoulders, and let's say you have to walk from one part of the airport to the other, or you want to get your car or something, um, switch up. Maybe take your take your your bag, put it on your left side, then put it on your right side. You know, try to switch up as much as possible to keep an even distribution. Um, that's one thing to do. Also. If you are, if you do have a suitcase with wheels, one of the things to do is to put the uh, other suitcases that are maybe smaller on top of that, and then push it, um, push it, and don't pull it. And the reason why you want to do that is because pushing keeps the weight in front of you, in a central, uh, more more centrally than giving, and it gives you kind of better control than pulling it from the back. So that's another way to do it. Push push these things in front of you if it has wheels. Um, next tip is flying comfort. So if you're flying, um, use a neck pillow uh, or a rolled up blanket. Put it behind your neck um, so that the, the headrest isn't pushing your head forward. Okay, That's one of the things you want to do. Another thing, if you're reading on, on the plane, um, one of the good things to do is to try to keep your reading material as close to you as possible. Um, so what you can do is when you pull down the... Uh, when you pull down the tray, put something under your reading material so you 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 don't have to bend your neck so far downward to read. And then um, you know when you are leaning back and maybe taking a nap or something, just make sure that you support your lumbar spine. That's one of the best tips you can do on a long flight. Uh, number nine is circulate the air. Now you you know many people know that you know when you have an air conditioner on you know. Um, on you, especially when you're sleeping, that can tend to make your muscles stiff, and they can they can really get cold, and that you know, and that can lead to s- stiff neck, stiff back, things like that. So the air on the plane, they'll let it hit you directly. If you know the air on the top, um, what you can do is circulate that, um, put it to the side, try to have it circulate around you instead of pointing directly at you. Another tip, and the last tip you can do is pick your pillow. <laughs> and basically this is, if you have a favorite pillow, bring it with you on the plane and use it. Um, a lot of times, you know, hotels 
have good pillows as well. Um, that's one of the things you can do. But um, or again, you can use a bath towel or a cervical pillow, things like that. But you want to again keep your head the best possible positions. A lot of times when people are sleeping on the plane, they t- tend to stay in one position, and if they're you know th- that can also kind of lock their muscles up. So if you have a good pillow. It can that can help you. So, either just some tips to help you if you're traveling this summer, and uh, you know, hopefully you can get some tips from this and uh, can help you out. Other than that, that's pretty much it for this week. Hope you guys got some uh, good information this week. Again, go to georgebatista.com, read up on the articles, ask me some questions, be happy to answer them for you. And otherwise, everyone have a great week, and I will see you next week on Wellness Talk. Take care. coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com listen. That's thefarmersdog.com listen.